Yeah, welcome to episode 75, is it? 75? 75 indeed, yeah. 75 of the Cal's Corner podcast. And uh, as always, I'm joined by Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Hello, Lucas. There we go, we're all done. And then for, as always, not not as always, as, as always recently, um, we are recording this on a video. So if you're yeah, we are. We these, are streaming it, yes. Yeah, we stream this video live, or this podcast live. So if you're one of the people watching live, um, yeah, I can see you in chat, but we're not really referring to chat that much. Not because, too much until the Q&A at the end, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Q&A will be then and we'll warn people before it happens. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. how you been? Uh, a little bit stressed. Well, uh, okay, what's going on? Before the podcast. So, uh, I, you know, finished recording with you today and mm-hmm. made sure I got some food and took Kate out nice and early with plenty of time to like get ready for the podcast, got back home, got to the door, and I didn't have any keys anymore. Oh, did you uh, lose your keys or did you leave I them lost my keys on a walk. So I then had to like bang on the door while Jenna was in a meeting and just be like, Jenna, take the dog. I need to go find these fucking keys. Okay, so what this is the important question. What is on your keychain? Uh, so Sorry. my keychain is two keys, two little dongly items, mm-hmm. and then the first line to my address. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so you need to find those ones. I've taken that off now because I've remembered, like, oh, yeah, this is a terrible fucking idea. Because whoever finds them can just, like, hold on to them and then just stake at your house. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's... Uh... That's rough, because I, I've lost my yeah. keys, I think, like, once or twice. It's not great. No, uh, and then... Uh, it's not as bad as losing so, your passport or your phone. No, it's not. It's I definitely think, not. And we can maybe have a discussion about that um, in a bit. But, like, yeah, that cold, sweat, panic that goes down you. I've is... just put my hand in my pocket. Oh, no. It's like, shit, I'm going to yeah. have to fucking go. So, uh, luckily, like, there was a man on the field where I walked who noticed that I was in like a fucking panic mode? Did he was see like, you? Have you lost something? I was like, yeah. And he he actually found my keys for me. So, like, thank God that that guy was a nice person just and not some keys. absolute asshole. He just gave me the keys back. Yeah. Uh, but that meant I was then super behind on time and had to get like the quickest of showers. And now I'm feeling dead warm and tired after Is my you- shower. Still, I'm like rosy red cheeks and yeah. all. Because you sprinted all the way back. Well, yeah, I've uh, lost my keys once or twice. And like the worst thing for me um, in regards to my keys is that I live in a block of flats that is you're only able to access with like key fob. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always, well, not always worried, but um, I'm worried that when night out start again, if I lose my keys, I will not be able to get back in. Mm, because yeah. like the concierge leaves after like 10. So how the fuck am I going to get in my flat? Um, I can tell you that I've managed, without keys, to get into other people's blocks of flats that I'm staying at mm-hmm. while drunk after a night out and just been like, I know where they live, I can't find them, I'm just going to go to their right, their flat. And just stand around and hope that someone spots you. Yeah, and I I've, I don't actually remember like the details of any of it because these have been... You know, I'm drunk and lost at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've like managed to just like sometimes, you know, be asleep in front of my mate's flat door. Just like, oh, okay, I guess we found where Lucas is. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think about that. one of the worst things for me. I think it was losing my passport. Because like, mm. if you lose your passport, have you ever tried getting a new one? Not when you've already yeah. got one, like upgrading your passport or like getting like when it, the date runs out, but getting a brand new one is a fucking ball ache. 
because you need to put in the most amount of information I've ever seen for anything. Mm -hmm. Like I had to get my dad to sign it. I had to get a witness to sign it who could confirm that I am who I am. I had to get like a sworn statement from my mum confirming my name, my date of birth. I had to get a copy of my birth certificate. Yep. All that bo- because I'd lost it. And it's like, you need to be able to prove your identity beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I remember this. Like, while at uni, um, I had to get a new passport and it was a similar process. And it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, send all these things across. It's like, right, okay. But like, my family are two hours away. So we kept having to post things back and forth. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, well, we've done all that. We'll sign the forms. We've sent it to you. Uh, I'll do my bits, sent it off, got all the information right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this person, like, you you know, that, that secondary person that needs to make a statement for you, that's not a person in a, a like, a qualified position. Uh, job. Yeah, like, a needs... qualified position. You need someone from certain positions within, like, the NHS or the government and things like that. Yeah, so I had to, like, fortunately, my um, dad's missus works um, in the government, so she was able mm-hmm. to, like, provide that. But I thought, like, the fuck are you going to do if you don't have someone in, like, this tr- tr- trusted position of authority? Yeah, To, be able exactly. to like, sign off on your passport. And that makes me, it's really funny when that was the most comprehensive form I have ever filled out. Mm. I, I have never had more personal information on a single form. And then you see people on the news like, I don't want to get a vaccine ID. It's going to be used to track me. Like vaccine yeah. passports. Like, have you seen your passport? Did you yeah. not see the form you filled in to get a passport? It's like, like, I've got other issues with the vaccine passports, but the information part is not what I'm, I've got the problem with. It's more yeah. the fact that essentially people who aren't currently getting vaccinated and on like you know the front lines and mm-hmm. retail and stuff like that, uh, people like you and me will essentially, if we aren't allowed in a pub without a vaccine passport i'm perfectly fine then we're essentially locked down for even longer yeah but i'm like perfectly fine with that i don't give a fuck because i like i don't personally but i can see why other people would get annoyed by that they would be yes i can't i want a vaccine i can't get one and then um, because there's a friend of mine he's already had his and Mm -hmm. he got his because a a neighbor or someone who lives on his street it works for the nhs they're doing the handing out the vaccines and they get given a set amount per week or what have you, and just people don't turn up. And when people don't turn up for yes. whatever reason, you know the reason they're not turning up. They're not turning mm-hmm. up because, like, you know, it, like, like act of God or anything. They're not turning up because they're those fucking weirdos like, I don't want it. Yeah. And they were saying, like, we've got, like, 20 left over. They need to be used before the end of the week. Do you want it? So he yeah. got his because he basically just took their place in the queue. Because so like, well, if they don't turn up for this one, we're going to have to throw it away. And they're booked in for another one in 11 weeks. So you can just take their place in the queue. Yeah, and a similar thing happened to me where like my dad works in a hospital and called up like, do you guys want the first vaccine dose? Like we've got some going spare for like, again, people who haven't shown up. And I was like, do you know anyone that's like in a bit of a shitter position than us that you could ask? Yeah. Because I don't really, like fair enough to anyone that wants a vaccine, I understand. But like, to me, it was like, I'm sure there's people, other people in our friends and family group that could use it a lot more than Jenna and I could right now. Like people working on the front lines or you have to have mm. like um, forward-facing jobs. But it's, yeah, um, just I can't believe that people are getting so angry about this. Like you can't get into a pub unless you've got a form of ID anyway, an acceptable form of government ID, which requires you to give like your name, address, date of birth, mother's maiden name, mm. all that bollocks anyway. It's like, oh, yeah, no, this, you're tracking me. It's like, you need ID to get into the pub. And this is to prove that you've not got a fucking disease that's going to kill everyone. Yeah. 
And it's like, again, all of that weird nonsense, isn't it? Of like, there's a lot of nuance in the conversation and people aren't willing to look at that nuance. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's good or bad in most people's eyes. And it's just, uh, it's really stupid and I, Mm. I am perfectly fine with it. And I know for a fact that when we are able to like hold that planned Fact Fiend live event, there's no fucking way I'm going to like host something like that unless I can guarantee that 99% of the people there have had their injections. No, hopefully 100%, but obviously there, it's... Again, these vaccine passports would make it so that, oh, we can legitimately host an event and know whether no. someone's had their vaccines or not. Yeah, and uh, my favourite thing is I've floated that idea a couple of times and a friend of mine was like, well, what about if people don't want to come? If they get angry about it, it's like, well, I don't want them there anyway. Mm-hmm. If they're going to refuse to come because of that, I wouldn't want them there in the first place. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's that's just, like uh, weeding out people at that point, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's like uh, the whole thing about wearing masks. And shops mm-hmm. will put up signs or posts saying you need to wear a mask to come in. People, are, well, I'm not going in then if I have to wear a mask. It's like, good. Thank, thanks for like you know agreeing. We'll see you later. <laughs> but they think in their head that I'm like I'm taking a stand with this. They'll they'll miss my customs. Like, no, they won't. They don't want you in. It's like the the people that are the problem are the ones where it's like oh you're not allowed in without a mask no fuck you i'm gonna come in without a mask yeah they're the worst ones they're the problem people like the people who just go okay i'm not coming in then it's like good thank great, you great awesome thanks for agreeing see you in a bit like, you just followed our rules thank you very much and it's it's a it's a strange one it's it's sad that like you've been out of seed over like what past decade or so um, just the rise of um, anti-intellectualism and people actively railing against experts like you had like a government official a couple of years back like i forget what it was it might be michael gove one of them pricks like i think mm. the british people have had enough of so-called experts with like number like with letters after their name telling us what to think it's like the government pays these institutions to do this research yeah. just because you don't <laughs> like what they find out doesn't mean it's any less fucking valid mm-hmm. it's, oh it's depressing and it's sad and we can't think we shouldn't think about it anymore otherwise we'd like you know um uh, just start crying so what are you doing yeah. this week, my friend? Um, I mean, you know, enjoyed a nice four-day weekend, as we do for, like, good old Easter. Hell uh, Don't yeah. celebrate Easter, but, like, you know, Jenna gets bank holidays off. We might as well celebrate having a four-day weekend. Yeah, the, the, the legendary, the legendary four-day weekend. <laughs> like, British people are known. Like, it's known to rouse the dead. There are people who've yeah. been on death's door like, with terminal illnesses. When a four-day weekend comes around, they get better and go out. Yeah, that's how much the British population loves <laughs> the fabled four-day weekend. And you know, things like nights out and stuff were replaced by just, oh, let's get a couple of like drinks in and have gaming nights online with friends and stuff like that. Yeah, and I was fortunate enough as a friend of mine who um, has access to COVID tests, and he was able mm. to do a COVID test, confirm that he does not have COVID. And I went to his garden and sat in his garden six foot apart from him and drank a beer. Oh, that, nice, was, yeah. that was a very nice day. That was a very nice day to be able to do that. Just be able to, it was a lovely weather. Just got to sit in his back garden, have a couple of drinks and have a catch-up. And then yeah, like, it's, it's been nice um, just being able to go on a couple of like, walks with people, like walking Cade and just like, oh yeah, come to the park with us kind of thing and just stay six foot away from each other and have a catch-up. Yeah, but I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or just because COVID has just completely ruined just like my ability to handle crowds. But I'm like... I said to my mate, I like this. I, I, I'm okay if this is all that we can do going forward in regards to like going out and drinking. I don't want to go to a bar. 
I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> I think it's probably a bit of both, isn't it? Potentially, think, but like, yeah. I think as well, just, you know, when we were a bit younger, we didn't have many people who had access to a garden to go have a beer in. Everyone's in, like, small little flats and stuff because we're just getting started out. Yes, but it's uh, it's not bad. It, it was it was an enjoyable day. It was a nice distraction from, like, what, you know, a year straight of not being able to go out and do anything. That's good, yeah. But um, It's always nice. The, the weirdest part about it was, though, He's just like, you just sat in the back garden. It's like, can I go to your toilet? He's like, you can go to my toilet, yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I went to put my mask on. And he went, why are you putting your mask on? I went, to go to the toilet. But we're the only two here and I've taken a COVID test. I went, oh, yeah. I'm just so used mm. to putting a mask on to like go inside any building that's not a house I, the house I live in. Yeah, I know like uh, like last summer when things were eased a little bit and mm-hmm. you can see people outside again. Um, I know somebody who... They had friends out in like their front garden, like six feet apart, just mm-hmm. standing there having a chat. One of them went into the house to use their toilet. Okay. And then next thing they know, police rocked up and started trying to give them fines because a neighbour had ratted them out. And I was oh, like, God. oh my God, fucking hell. Fucking snitch ass neighbours. Yeah. And it's like, I, I get it. Like you are only meant to meet out, outdoors and whatnot, but... The fact that it's like, I ran in for 30 seconds to go to the toilet and the neighbours are there like, I'll fucking get you. Like the it's curtain like, twitches. Christ. Yeah. That fucking nose press the ain't. It's like, you get to that point, you're just like, look, do you not have anything better to do? Mm-hmm. Like, is there not something else you could be doing with your life? Because I, um, there is nothing worse than the nosy fucking neighbour. And I think I've talked many times before about the old, awful neighbours that I had. Mm, that were yeah. just awful curtain twitching, just sad ass old people, and to the point where they would, and I think it got to the point where they were making complaints to the council for noise complaints for time I was not in the house because my boiler was on because oh, I yeah. set my heating mm. to go off like every now and again, and they were like, he's stomping around his house, he's up all hours of the night, and I saw like the report that they'd filed to the council, and um, I was away last week. Here's a picture of me in another country. Mm-hmm. Like, they're clearly making shit up. They just want to kick me out of the house because they're sad-ass old people. They've got nothing else to do. Yeah. And it just it's oh. infuriates. Like, have you got nothing better to do? Yeah, exactly. And, like, I think in that case, of just, like, I'd have turned around to the other neighbour and been like, do you want me to, like, send my mate into your front garden to piss there? Like, what do you want us to do? Like, seriously? <laughs> like, I want to know, what's the legal... Re- what, what can we do here legally? Mm-hmm. And we're stood as like safely as possible. We're adhering to all of the rules. But no. What what more can I possibly do? Oh, and I had a, I had someone shout at me like an, again, just a miserly old person shouting at me across the street because they saw me like make Cade sit at the road before he crossed. Mm-hmm. And they must have thought Cade went for a poo, and then just I like ran across the road with Cade when it was clear. And then they just started shouting obscenities at me. So they thought and it's he like, had they a must shit. have think I didn't pick up Cade's poo, but their reaction was just like just screaming across the street at me. It's like, okay, cool. Best thing about that is as well, if they will prove that they were wrong, they'd be like immediately go, Well, I, I still yeah. stand by what I did. It's like oh. Yeah, exactly. It is really not worth arguing like, with. There's no like point that. me going back over to them and having a conversation with them because the- I know they just continued to shout in my face about something else. Yeah, the moment you prove them wrong. It's like, well, you, you shouldn't have done that anyway. It's like, what were you doing like, with your dogs? I'm training my dog to sit at the road. 
Yeah, I'm training my dogs to not run into the middle of the fucking street. Right, what Sorry. Bus- what businesses is it of yours? <laughs> and I, I just... That's the weird thing now, because I, I'm in that middle ground now, where I hate old people and I hate young people. <laughs> I fucking hate... And the thing is, I think I hate old people more. Because at least mm. young people and younger people, they'll apologise. Mostly. Like, mostly, yeah. But like, old people, just like, they just don't care. And it's mm. so frustrating. And I always remember just that. I think I've talked about it before where I was like shopping with my stepdad. And he just walked like the thing, and there was an old doddery man walking up behind him. And like he was like, you know, a good 10 foot away from the till. And my, like, he had one thing. And the old man just sat muttering his breath, back in my dad, I fucking had you. All that, so like giving it all the big I am. And then he's like, shut up, you'll be dead soon. And the old man just did not know what to say. He was just completely dumbfounded that someone had like told him to shut up. Mm hmm. And you could just hear him again muttering under his breath to his missus of like, oh, I'd fucking, you wouldn't have said that to me 20 years ago. And like, just my stepdad's like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I just found that really, really fucking funny. <laughs> it's like, I don't get that. Like, I'd have had you 20 years ago. Yeah, but it's not 20 years ago, is it? Yeah. Well, I've had like, that. Got... Sorry, we all age. It's shit. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking happens. Have I, have I talked about that time? Like me and a friend of mine, we just, we were hung over. And we just did that thing where you go, you walk around town, just like you you go get a coffee and you just walk around town, yeah. you like to pop into shops and stuff. Just have a com- it's an excuse to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And we were in CEX, just, just browsing games, DVDs, just having a chat, that sort of thing. And a guy just came up yeah. and said, excuse me, what? So, Can you keep it down? Like a busy shop on a Saturday. What? What do you mean? Can you keep it down? You're distracting everybody. And my friend just went, mate, no, leave us alone. <laughs> and we walked to the other side of a shop. And the guy, I, I'm, I'd say he was clearly like, you know, like a couple sandwiches short of a picnic. And he was, okay. ca- and he smelled distinctly of poo. I recall Was he this, an employee or not? No, he was not an employee. He was just a guy in the shop. And I, again, a distinct detail I recall is that he had a big B&M like you know, those um, like extra strength carrier bags or whatever, the bags for oh, life, yeah. full of baked beans. And that's the detail that pissed me off. It's like, oh man, giving us bean eaters a bad name. <laughs> and me and my friend, just, we walked to the other side of the shop and just continued yeah. having the conversation. And then just like three, four minutes later, he felt was over. Look, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the shop. And my friend just looked at him and went, fuck off. <laughs> just straight in his face. He went, look, fuck off. I'm not dealing with this today. Because he was really hung over. Mm-hmm. And he just could not be asked with someone telling him what to do. He just looked at it and was like, fuck off. Leave me alone. And just the, yeah. the guy immediately went off. Like, if you said that around my estate, you'd be fucking adding that. Like, We're not on your estate, are you? We're in CEX. Fuck off and get out of the shop. Like, leave us alone. And he kept following us around the shop. And eventually when we left, he was like stood at the entrance. That's it. Run away. We're like, we're just trying to leave the shop because you're making us. It's like, but I was legit scared my friend was going to punch this guy in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like getting right up in his grill and pointing his finger at him saying, look, you're making other people do like." And we were looking around, do you know that thing where someone's raising their voice and other people in the shop should give you that look of, and the audio listeners can't see this, but the video watchers can on Twitch. They just go, that. Yeah. Just where they look at you and they shake their head and like, we don't know what's happening either. Yeah, it's like, oh... Well, I'm speaking for this entire shop and you are disturbing all of us and everyone else in the shop is just shaking their head like, no. Yeah. 
Like we're having a quiet no. conversation as he's loudly yelling at us because he's annoyed that we're talking about stuff. Yeah. And like he was following us around the shop just every time. It's like, guys, shut up. I'm trying. It's like, leave us alone. You're the one. Oh my God. Uh, and I'm we could just tell. Perfect examples like that of why I just, obviously you guys are in a group, but why I just wear fucking headphones on full blast everywhere. Yeah. Of like, just uh, fuck off. Leave me alone. I am dead to the world. Like, yeah. But all I could think when I was like, uh, we were interacting with this guy is, I would hate to be working a shift today because I just got the feeling from the way he was acting, he's probably going to spend his entire day in that shop talking to the staff. He's set up fucking camp in there, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> he's putting a shift in and like, working in a restaurant, I've seen people who do that. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll come in, they'll order like, one cup of coffee and they'll just sit there and they just want to talk to like the staff. And yeah, and we used to get it in Nando's where like come in and there'd be, oh yeah, uh, a bunch of like ten year olds like table for fifteen please, and it's like right okay yeah whatever we sort the table out. One kid goes up gets one portion of chips, and then it's like right and now we're gonna wreak havoc on the entire restaurant. It's like okay. it's not fucking worth it. Yeah, like, that's not as um, that's probably worse, but the the distinct uh, not the distinct. I've said that too many times now. Really, I'm running <laughs> enough coffee, but. Um, the specific kind of person I'm talking about is like the clearly the older person who just wants the excuse to talk to right, somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're such a prick about it, you can't feel sorry for them. Yeah. Like that guy, I would have felt bad for him if he was like, you know, just trying to make conversation, but he was like, clearly he thought that he worked there. Mm. And he was like telling us, look, you need to get out of the shop. And it's like, you don't speak for us. Like you, yeah. you don't get to tell people to do that. Fuck you. And you can tell from the way he was like policing and taking it upon himself to like cr- like put corral people out of the store or get them to go buy their products or like you know put stuff back on the shelves, which is what he was doing. Like picking stuff up, reading the back and putting it back. So if you're not going to buy it, don't pick it up. It's like. <sighs> so what? That guy probably goes there like every three day, times a week, and yeah, just fucking thinks that he's part of that shop now because he's there that often. And it's yeah. Like, oh. And. Again, I'd have felt bad for the dude if he wasn't such a prick. And we had to leave because I was legit worried, my friend, because he was so hungover, he was just going to punch this guy. (laughs) Because it wasn't that as well that he was telling this guy, it's that he was threatening him. That's what made it worse. And he was saying stuff like, oh man, if I I could call some people right now and they'd fucking have you. And he's like, do it then. And I'm like, don't, Mm -hmm. because he's not going to call someone, but he's going to follow us around town. And I want to go for a drink. Yeah. God. (sighs) That was a bad time. That, that was like, oh. that was a really rough day. But as well, it was really funny because I, I just noticed in his bag and he had all the beans and I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Because <laughs> the fact that Carl just takes offence to, oh, God damn it. He eats beans as well. God, no. It's because he had like 12 tins of beans and he smelled like shit. Yeah. It's like, you, like one, you're making beans look bad and two, you, just, you smell offensive. And I really, really don't like when people smell bad. <laughs> And it's, I feel as well, it's one of those criticisms that no one can get mad at you for. Because, like, mm-hmm. fuck it, you should sh- fucking shower. It's not hard. God. And the, it just brings me back to, like, one time when we all had to kind of, like, speak to our manager. Because there was that one person who every shift would come in and, like, smell so bad. It was like, I can't stand near this person. I can't work with this. Like, not going directly to them, just having a quiet word with the manager of like, this is not okay, this is not hygienic. And we're working in a restaurant, it's not a good look for you guys either. Yeah, it's not 
but there's some things you can't like being like I have a slightly disheveled appearance. Like when mm-hmm. I worked in a restaurant, I like I I did my hair. I wore a nice shirt. It was always clean and pressed. But you know, I had like long shaggy hair. I was quite skinny. Like my clothes didn't fit exactly right. But I always like made an mm-hmm. effort with my appearance to look professional. Yeah. But we did have like a couple of people who worked there who just like they like if you got a beard, you like you can have a beard, but you have to be trimmed. Like it has to be mm-hmm. maintained because it doesn't. It just it reflects poorly on the restaurant. It doesn't look hygienic. Yeah. And like I feel for people like you know in that situation. I mean, like you've got like awkward shaggy hair and you have not really got the confidence or the knowledge to groom properly. But you can always get a shower. You can yeah. at least get a shower. And wear some deodorant. Like it is basic stuff. It's not like oh we expect you to look immaculate. It's just please don't turn up for like a shift in a restaurant smelling like actual shit. Like, that is not a good reflection on anybody. It's like you stand under the water for 10 minutes. It's real easy. <laughs> like, it's, it's never, it's so easy, squeeze me, to clean yourself. Just stand under the water. Just throw a bit of soap at yourself, it's fine. And that's one as well. Like, so, like, what is, like, the worst? Because there's a thread going around on the internet, on Twitter, of just um, uh, bad roommate stories. Mm. About the, um, I think it's just someone said, oh, living with roommates um, really teaches you what people think needs and does not need to be refrigerated. And some of the store, like the horror stories on that of like people leaving pots of soup on the stove for like three days and just taking a bowl out of it when they wanted it and stuff like that. So like what's the worst like hygiene or food faux pas you've seen when having to live with another person? Ooh. That's the difficult one. If you give me a minute, have you got one? I do, yeah. You've got in mind. There was an old housemate of mine who did not wash his towels for like three months. And we all had like ensuite bathrooms. Mm -hmm. That's fair enough. Yeah, we all got an ensuite. But like, you know, if we were in his room playing like some like Halo or watching TV or something like that, I would always go to my bathroom because when you wash your hands and you just touch the towel. And the towel is still damp from like the previous nine showers. And you can just smell how sweaty that towel is because it's mm. not clean. And it's like, oh, oh, I just, I just, I just couldn't get like, wow, how could you not enjoy the feeling of like a nice, warm, fresh towel? Like this, well, we had oh, like yeah. heated towel rails. Just turn it on. We didn't like we had unlimited electricity. <laughs> you know, it's all included. Just keep it on all the time. Yeah. Oh God, that doesn't sound nice at all. No. Is that any for you? Um. It's not so much like a faux pas, but just bad roommate, like with food stories. Okay. Uh, one that comes to mind is like, so when I was in, like, I think it was my second year of being in Hall, so not mm-hmm. my first year. And basically, when it got to that point, I, after about six months and everyone started hating each other, like it goes from everyone's best mates to like, yeah. everyone just kind of stays apart to people were like full on just. At war with each other yeah, in that people flat. people actively dislike one another as opposed to just being... Just people mm. living in the same building. And it got really nasty and people started doing, like... Not pranks, like, just generally nasty things to each other. Okay. And the shit, like... Oh, yeah, um, we put your watermelon in the toilet after we pissed on it. <laughs> and, like, pretty... after we pissed in the toilet, we just left your watermelon in the toilet. And then put it back in the fridge so that you'd eat it. And didn't tell you... And then um, there was see, another one. That's I've funny if like, they left an entire giant watermelon. Because I'm just imagining you see your toilet with just a full watermelon in it. That would that would be like a dick move because watermelon is expensive. But, but it'd be pretty funny to walk in and just a watermelon in the at toilet. At least they're not eating it. But they, no, they, they let it sit in there for a little bit. 
put it back in like the fridge or whatever and then let them eat it. See, that's bad. You don't do that. Then it turned into like, well, I'm going to walk in when you, you know, you've left your spaghetti cooking on the side and I'm going to put shit in your, your meals and stuff. And it it got to the point where it was, about as close to I'm going to fucking poison each other without doing so. Mm-hmm. so and it, it, oh. That's rough. I think we're close to we got to that. He's had a housemate who just... He used the microwave every single day to make soup, but then mm. never cleaned the microwave. And that's fair enough, but he also made soup without putting a plate over the top. Oh, God. So the microwave would just constantly have soup splattered on the top that was never cleaned it was mm. rotten and then every time you turn the microwave on you are now getting rotten boiling hot soup on the top and the smell just wafts around the apartment and we kept saying clean mm. the fucking microwave clean he's like no i'm busy i'm working i've got shit to do and we're like clean the microwave clean the microwave we like you hear these bowls we hear these bowls and you use other people's bowls to make his soup and then <sighs> wouldn't clean the bowls it's always not my bowl you hid my bowl so what we did is we put the sofa from the front room in front of his bedroom door so wedged it in so he couldn't move, put the microwave on top of it, opened it up and just put a sign inside saying, clean me. And just left it outside yeah, his like, door. You don't want to be cleaning up after their shit every single time. It's just a bad etiquette as well. It is, yeah. Like, because you're not teaching them a lesson that way. He's not learning to look after themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's the one with that. And then another one was um, when I lived on my own briefly in like that, during the big 10 bedroom house where I lived in it and you lived in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, When I lived in there just before the rest of my housemates moved in, there was like one dude who was still staying there. And mm. he was like a guy in his mid-30s and he just kept eating my food. Like every time I bought food, I went, look, this is my stuff. And there's like five, remember there were five fridges there. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah. oh, I'll take one fridge, you take the other fridge. And he just kept taking my food. And I'm like, mate, stop taking my fucking food. I'm working for this. And he's like, whatever. So what I did is I kept all my food in my room and then I bought milk and I drank like three cans of ginger ale, um, drank half the milk and then pissed in the milk and put it back in my fridge. Came back the next day and the milk was gone. I went, there we go. Is that where somebody in like my my year of living in mm-hmm. that house that lived with you the previous year, is that where they got that idea? Because someone started stealing their milk and they pissed in the milk. Yeah, because I told that story and they didn't. I remember because I was yeah. so mad about this where he moved out Mm-hmm. I was told like he'd moved out, so I went to the shop and I bought like a hundred and fifty quid worth of food with my dad. Because my dad knew about this and he knew that my food kept getting nicked and he knew that right, I'd yeah. been living off shit I could have in my room. So I had like mm-hmm. a kettle in my room and some noodles. So he bought me like hundred and fifty quid worth of fresh food. I did all that and then I went out for a meal with my dad. I came back in. That guy had kept his key. Came back in. Took all the food out the fridge. No. So he came back in after I'd been told that he'd moved out with his key I'm that he'd not handed back yet. Shit took every bit of my food that my dad had bought me and like all the beer and stuff we bought so we could have a house party when he could and just took it all. And when I called up like my landlady, she went, well, you were housemates and you did have a key. I'm like, but you stole my fucking shit. It's like, well, we can't prove anything. It's like, well, I know I bought it and now I know it's not there. Also, <laughs> you told me you'd moved out. Yeah. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. I, I... I was, oh. this is the angriest I've ever been. I was infuriated. I was so mad. I'd have been like fucking hunting down. Like, give me his next address. Well, I asked him for it. I said, where's his next fucking, oh, we don't know where he's gone. It's like, fucking, oh. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's probably bullshit because like, they pretty much always get a reference for the new place from the old landlord. Yeah. 
Like he was just, an so, abs- I, I was so yeah. angry. It's like the angriest I've ever been. At that I'm moment. really not surprised. Yeah, it's because I, I, I was so excited because I thought, like, and I cleaned all the house as well because he never mm. cleaned up, and I'm like, I'm not cleaning up after him because he's just going to keep making mess. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, just nicked all my stuff. Oh, just thinking about how fucking awful people are to live with like back in uni it's so frustrating the worst part is as well because like Rogan moved in like the next day I'm like if Rogan would have been there Rogan would have fucking had him <laughs> and people thought like our friend Rogan is 6 foot 5 and does MMA yeah and like he's one of our closest friends like he would have kicked the shit I was like if only you'd waited one day and try to come back in when Rogan was here he'd have kicked the fucking shit out of him oh god damn it I'm so then they would have listened they would have listened then God, I hope that guy's dead. I do this, like, the thing is, I he was obviously a drug addict, and he was obviously yeah. using it as a halfway house, and I, I just think mm-hmm. I saw him in town once, and he was just like absolutely like just off his tits in the middle of town. And I just looked and went, good. Yeah. Like, I have no sympathy for you because you're a thief. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. God, it really surprises me that like people like that don't end up in jail. I don't know how people get like bl- that blatantly bad at doing shit like that and it's like they get away with it but it's because no one cares mm. that's the problem with it it's like no oh. one gives enough like at the end I just wanted him out of the house yeah exactly. like, it wasn't worth my time or effort to deal with it which is why I said well, that's why I just lived in my room because I thought he's going to be gone in a week he's going to mm. be gone in a week oh man that's a that's not a nice one <sighs> yeah not a great day by any stretch of the imagination, I was uh, that was that was not a fun time. <laughs> not a fun time at all. Well, it's all better now, Carl. It is, you yeah. Know what? Like you live in your own flat, and no one's stealing food from you. No one's nicking my food now. Now, God, I, I there's nothing worse. People steal your food. It's like it's no, the one right. thing in Friends that I think it's aged the most poorly. Like Joey, they have oh, when the... Joey just walks into like their really expensive New York apartment, steals all their food all the time. No, no, specifically where Ross gets kicked out of um, his job because he has like a mental breakdown because someone steals his sandwich. Oh yeah, and yeah. it's framed as like Ross overreacting. But like, watching that as an adult who's worked and had people steal my shit, I went, "No, fuck it, I would go mental if someone did that." If I had like my really nice, tasty meal and someone, I took it out of the fridge. Hmm. I would go absolutely ape shit as well. It's like, why did you take my stuff? We didn't have a name on it. Well, did you make it? Was your name on it? <laughs> it's like, regardless if you don't know, like, who's the sandwiches, you know it's not your sandwich. Yeah. Like, that's all that matters is you know it's not fucking yours and you took it. And that's where you get, there's an amazing story um, where it was, I think, a police station in, like, rural America where they had a, a guy stealing food. And you know oh, okay. you're being brazen if you're stealing from police officers. Mm-hmm. And they said the final straw is when the food thief came in and stole like 18 pounds of venison sausages worth like $400. And they set up a camera and caught the guy stealing it. And when they asked him, he went, well, I thought it was going off. I thought someone had forgotten about it. It's like, who the fuck forgets that they put 18 pounds of sausage in the fridge? Yeah. And that's the, the attitude they have, isn't it? It's like when they're confronted by their theft. It's like, oh, well. I thought it was going for free. I didn't think anyone would miss it. It's like, it's 18 pounds of sausage. <laughs> Clearly, it was there for a reason. Yeah. It's not like a fucking can of pop or a splash of milk, is it? It's like, that's 18 fucking pounds of sausage. Oh, man. That's rough. And, like, 
Yeah, I just, I hate those excuses of just like, I thought it was free. Well, I thought no one would mind. It's like, you fucking did, but now you don't know what to say. Yeah. You don't know what to say other than like, well, fuck me. The worst part about those people is though, is that when you take their stuff, they're like on your ass until you give them it back. Well, it's like, it's always that that one friend, isn't it? They're like, oh yeah, I'll uh, I'll just buy you a, a drink on a night out or whatever. The moment they do it to you, it's like, well, you owe me that one drink, mate. You owe me that that five quid. So like, I just I, I I gave you a meal last week and didn't think about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but you owe me this fiver. Like, that's right. what happened to me when I like again had housemates, and it was um, we all agreed to pay one bill each, and then mm-hmm. split the difference for like drinks and like milk and things like that. And like I said, okay, so this week's like the electricity bill or whatever, like twenty. I remember it's like twenty one pounds something or other. And someone gave me a twenty quid. No, I went. Is that enough? I went. Well, no, because it's not twenty one quid. I mm. want the full amount. Because this is before like widespread adoption of like being you know, like transfer money on your phone instantly. Yeah. Like, why does it matter? It's only a quid. I went. Yeah, but it's my quid. And if you do this like every fucking week, by end of year, that's fifty quid I've missed out on. That's coming out of mm. my pocket. And they like acted like I was being the unreasonable one. But if I asked them, well, can I have 50 quid? Well, no, it's my 50 quid. It's like, exactly, it's my 50 yeah. fucking quid. Yeah, because you know if they get away with it the first time. Yeah. Then they're going to be like, well, last time it didn't matter about that one pound something. That's the one, isn't it? Why give, does it matter now? Give a mouse a cookie. And that's the thing is, like, obviously, if it's like nowadays between friends when we're all a bit more well off, like. Oh, I've just realized why my stream info still says playing Smash. Then again, oh, yeah. it does say <laughs> it says playing Smash, but also just chatting. So fuck it, I'll leave it. That'll do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it's one of those of oh well, yeah. I I wouldn't mind if a, there was a quid difference between like you and I paying for something. Like if you owed me a quid now, I'd be like yeah, whatever. But especially back in the day when like in uni, I was scraping like yeah. pennies together, like, like a quid every week. Out means the difference between like yeah buying a, a shot on a light out or something like that like, and that's the important thing, but that just got so frustrating just like having that argument multiple times mm, yeah of like every time they try and give me like a 20 pound note and i'm like no it's not the full amount and it's like it's only a quid it's like it's my fucking quid that's like mm-hmm. milk for a week yeah that's like a loaf that's a loaf of bread and a tin of beans that's, that's like my lunch after work so I've got to work, fight my ass off for that quid. I fucking want it. <laughs> I clean toilets for a living at that point in my life. It's like, I fucking knew the value of that quid. Yeah. And I want it back. It's mine. And that's always one thing that I... Uh, I would like to think that as much as, you know, I'm, I try to be a relaxed person mm-hmm. and not stress about things. And I try to be like, look, um, you know, I'm not going to... I'm in a position where I don't necessarily need to stress about money week to week or whatever. But it's also, I don't want to get to that point where I forget the value of things. Yeah. That's why I still like buy everything on special, man. I still get excited when I see like, um, uh, ooh, milk's a pan this week. I got excited on like shopping online today when it's like, oh, that nice soup is 50p off. Let's get that one. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think the moment like get you get the lose, nice soup instead of the cheap soup, yeah, man. It's important to maintain, um, uh, like you know, that that, that grounding, mm-hmm. in just like and that just awareness of like you know just the value of money, because that's yep. when you get like uh, and I've, I think we've talked before, haven't we? Like I'm curious about what the exact point is where someone forgets or just stops realizing the value of money. Mm. 
like um, like I think we use it in regards to streaming when you've got streamers getting like people dropping hundreds thousands of dollars at one point and they go oh cool thanks yeah it's like oh that that's an amount of money that for a vast majority of people is like life changing mm. and they're just like cool thanks like streamers who earn like I, didn't you say a while ago um, when we were playing Borderlands there's a streamer yes. who earned like hundreds of thousands of dollars in a week. Yeah, and was like, yeah, but you don't know that I've got to pay a lot of tax on that. Yeah, it was a uh, he did like a ten day. It was like the forever stream. It's like every time he got a sub, he would do another hour to the stream and ended up earning like half a million dollars, close to that. And then he released a statement after the fact saying, "Well, it's been reported that I earned half a million dollars, but after tax and Twitch has cut, I only get like a hundred fifty thousand. It's like, oh, poor Didums, only a hundred fifty. Oh, you have to oh, pay man. taxes like everybody else." <laughs> Oh, no, you have to pay income tax. Oh, dear. Do you mean like yeah. a job? I, I just like... The thing is, I fucking stream and make content for a living. I pay my taxes. I am aware yeah. that I have to pay my fucking tax. I don't and bitch I when it. I pay my taxes. It's frustrating to be like, well, Twitch has got to take their court and then you've got to pay tax on it and blah, blah, blah. And you look at that number and it's like, that's less than the big number. But it's still a big fucking number, mate. Like, but that's how jobs now. work. Like every job is advertised. Like say, for example, like oh, this job pays fifty k. Well, it doesn't because after taxes, it really it works out to like thirty two, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But they still say it's fifty. Like no other job, like like like, or no one really cares about that aspect of their job. Like the moment you get online and people like realize they have to pay taxes, it's like, of course you got to pay fucking taxes. You want to contribute to society. You live in society, right? You take advantage of the benefits that you know paying taxes provides. You yeah, should fucking pay your share. And if you're earning a shit ton of money, you should pay more. I actually had a, not a discussion about taxes, but like uh, something similar. I've like had this discussion yesterday, I think it was, with Jenna. And she was okay. like, oh, there's like this thing going around online um, where people are trying to make a point of, wouldn't it be great if in, instead of just having an NHS, we had a separate healthcare system for pets? And it's like everybody has to pay tax towards it. And then people who unfortunately can't pay towards their vet bills like they they have that system in place so that they can pay all their vet bills off and they don't have to worry about it and i was like but a lot of people don't have pets yeah and having pets is a choice yeah it's like, it's like uh, people I, I feel for people who get slammed with horrible vet bills and like can't pay them but at the same time like that is your responsibility and there's millions of people without pets that would be gaining zero benefits from that yeah and um before someone gets sarky and says all well, people can choose to have not to have kids kids are human beings like i love dogs they're not human beings but even then like it's not as if i'm paying more because of children like you know i i'm paying a set amount of tax regardless of how many children exist on the planet yeah so yeah, it's one of those things of just like that healthcare system is there for humans and as a human who pays taxes, at some point I will benefit from that. Mm -hmm. I, whereas if I'm not a pet owner, and bear in mind, I have a dog myself. This is talking, yeah. anyone who doesn't know, I do have a puppy. But like, yeah, okay, if I don't have a pet and I'm paying what ends up being... 20 grand over my lifetime in taxes towards that thing. I'm never, ever going to see a benefit out of that. But you are saying, and people, I'd get so pissed. But you'd have people say that about kids. I just want to draw this thing like, you know, kids are people. 
And that's actually something yeah. that happened in America. Do you know, like the, um, the stimulus check everyone's getting? Everyone's getting like their fucking um, uh, Daddy Biden coming in with those stimulus checks. And yeah. um, there was, I think, a provision for people with children who earn under a certain amount where they would get extra mm. because they have children. And it's been a tough year, especially for people with children because you have more outgoings because mm-hmm. you have children and because they have those children have been at home. And you've got more costs because you have an extra mouth to feed, a extra mouth who cannot earn money. Mm. And I think it was child-free on Reddit. Like, do you know people who are super smug about not having kids? Oh, right, yeah. And they'd be like, no, nah, I don't want... Fuck, like, not having kids is great. Look at all the extra money I've got. They were going fucking apeshit at the idea mm-hmm. that the government is giving people with kids money. It's like, well, I've got no kids. I contribute more. To, it's like... Why do you, like, you spend so much time bitching about the fact, oh, yeah, not having kids is great. The instant you see any benefit to having children, it's like, oh, suddenly yeah. it's not fair. It's like, oh, it's not fair that, like, child benefits are in place. I don't have children. Where are my tax benefits? It's like, but then you don't also don't have the expenses that come with having kids. Yeah. So you end up having more money anyway. And that was their right. It's like, I want my, and- all my groceries in one bag, but I don't want it to be heavy. <laughs> and I think the big distinction for me is that a pet won't grow up to contribute to society exactly, whereas yes. a child will. So, right. like, yes, I might be paying towards, like... Education. A, a kid having education and having, like, child tax benefits and getting healthcare when they're not paying their own tax and shit like that. But eventually they're going to pay tax when they grow up. And, you know, when I'm older and I'm not paying tax or however it works, you know, like then I'm benefiting off it and blah, blah, blah. And I benefit off it as a kid. It's like, yeah. yeah. Even if you want to look at it for the most... Thing. Yeah, even if you want to look at it for the most, like, cynical, just, um, uh, like, Sim City uh, min-max way possible of, like, I want to create value, um, mm. you know, once I add to the workforce, like, children do that. Yeah. And that reminds me... Of, like, Get them down one. the mines at nine. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Uh, like, Joe, and men were men. Like when bin men were real bin men, Lucas, yeah, and they all are fucking, they all, re- they all retired at fifty because their backs were in like broken. But yeah, it yeah. reminds me of just one of the the scariest. It's not like, it's not the scary, but it's like it's a very the implications of it are quite scary. Where it was someone figured out how to make a perfect city in Sin City. You ever heard about this? No. Like so, Sim City thing. Well, it's a simulation. How do you win? How do you beat a simulation game? Like the idea is like you know it's basically it's freedom you make the city that you want and you see it prosper and then you react to things that happen it's like no this guy created a perfect simulated city where there were no there was no crime um, there was 100 employment um there was no disease there was like um happy uh, sorry like everything was perfect so you had like no pollution yeah. no crime every single person had a job and like all the energy was perfect and all that stuff and, like the entire city was built like perfectly um, ergonomically so people get to jobs and so on the only thing um, in the city or the only like stat that was not like 100% was mm. lifespan and satisfaction and there's an interview uh, with the guy who did it and say so the lifespan was 50 and he says yeah that's the optimum age I worked out because after 50 my sims start to get old and um, uh, not work so I deliberately um, yeah. introduced like not enough hospitals and not enough education and then just leave, left just enough pollution so that people would only live to 50 years of age. He says, and what about happiness? Well, happiness doesn't matter. It, what matters is efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like, 
the implications of that are so fucking terrifying that the only way to create a perfect society is one where people work till they're 50 and then die, drop dead. Yeah. <laughs> drop dead because it's not efficient anymore. It's like you, you, the moment you stop contributing a perfect amount, it's like, fuck it, you're dead. Drop it, Logan's run it, fucking done. <laughs> yeah. And I f- I'm probably forgetting some details of that, but when they ask him, just like, oh, so why is the only thing in your city that's not like, you know, 100% is like lifespan and um, satisfaction? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how happy people are, what matters is that they contribute. Efficiency is all that matters. <laughs> it's like, oh. At that point, he's like just trying to make an ant farm, isn't he? Basically, like, yeah. It's like people who do like roller coaster tycoon and they put the exit to a ride on the entrance to a new ride. Oh yeah, yeah. And just do that one. And just like tunnel people through the system, get so, them out yeah. as quickly as possible. It's like you exist to make money. Yeah. Like my only job in this like scenario is to just fleece you for as much money as I'm able to. That is why See, I'm called like, Jeff Bezos. If Disneyland has taught me anything about how to earn money from, like, people, it's have less rides and just put more shops in between said rides. Yeah. And make all of the shops have, like, unique items so that every time you see a shop, it's like, oh, well, I wonder what's special about this shop. Yeah, Disney World is, like, a perfect example of that because, Mm. like, it's masterfully done. And it's taken literally decades, like, to just get create the perfect system for a theme park. And uh, I've been to Disney World, or Disney, I forget which one, but I, it is the you most... You went to California, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. It's like the most efficient shit ever. Like, they get you in, they get you out. Like, I went to the airport beforehand, and mm. the airport was worse run than Disneyland. Like, oh, yeah. To yeah. the point where I'm like, this is so much better than anything else I've experienced in America. Mm. Like, every piece of infrastructure I've experienced in America pales in comparison to Disneyland. And they... like. We got to the park, and the park's open. And obviously, like, the entire section of the highway just goes straight there. And mm. you get in. And we, I was there in a queue of, like, 2,000 cars. And I was, it's going to take us all fucking day to get in. We were in in <laughs> half an hour. And they had, like, multi-story car parks with, like, staff at every single entrance. And they tell you where to go. They have, like, presumably algorithms telling them where to go. Okay, okay, mm. this car park here, 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 here. And then you get out of the car. They direct you towards a queue. You queue up. You go through, like, metal detectors and stuff like that. Like the ones they have in airports, but we went through in like 10 minutes and they say, okay, um, this many people, click, 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 done on a monorail into the park, done. It took us less mm. than an hour to get in. It took me longer to get through the airport. It took me longer to get <laughs> off my plane than it did to get into Disneyland. And there were like 10 times as many people going in. It's insane, isn't it? Because there's money at stake. Yeah. Because every second you're like not in the park is sec- how you're not spending money. And the one that always gets me is like... Um... We, we've we been to, like, I say we, like, me, my family, my friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I've personally been to Disneyland Paris quite a few times. And the one that always gets me is, like, okay, well, we've gone to, like, a Disney hotel. So mm-hmm. we've got magic hours, which means that you show up in the park, like, an hour before um, it's open to the public. But it's only, like, a limited portion of the park. Yeah, while well, they open up everything then, else. Yeah, you get there. And you get there at, like, say, 8 o'clock in the morning, whatever hour it opens. And you walk as fast as possible without, like, sprinting to the first ride that you want to get to. And there's already, like, a 45-minute wait. And it's like, there's so many people. And we all just got in like that. And there's already a massive queue. And it's, what? Yeah, and that's why I thought... the, The efficiency is unbelievable. And as you say, it's 
Because, like, any wasted time is wasted money. Yeah, and it got to the point where like, we had, like, the digital tickets, and it's like these, they are an absolute game changer. Because what you do is you say, okay, I want to ride this ride. I think you can book one ride. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to go on this ride, and they tell you when you basically have an app, and it says, okay, here are all the rides in the park, um, and you can see, I think it's, like, green, yellow, red. Green ones are, you can get on in 15 minutes. Yeah, so you might as well just walk onto them. Yeah, and you, what you do is you... Click it, you book a time slot, and you say, okay, you're going on for three o'clock. Mm-hmm. And you turn up at three o'clock, and they let on the prerequisite amount of people who signed in for that three o'clock slot. Mm-hmm. So you walk up, you go in, and while you're in the queue for that ride, you click for your next one. Like, what's the, where's the next one? Like, it's like, I can walk straight on in 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And I rode like 15 rides. I rode like every ride in the park just by doing that system and snaking my way around. Yeah, and that's the thing is... Like, Didn't queue once. You have to, obviously, then plan your entire day around this it's like makeshift schedule of fast pass tickets and stuff like that but you get so much more out of disneyland if you do it that way yeah because i was I, seeing like when we were going on some of these rides where like joe went right at the start before mm. that was like the queue where it leads in and there's the fast pass bit and i saw the queue and it said on it like oh estimated wait time two hours and there were people yeah. walking up to it and we were on it in five minutes Mm-hmm. Like we presumably but, we waited again, like, two hours overall. Yeah, you waited that two hours, but you waited that two hours while riding on another rides. ride yeah. and in another shop and in a restaurant. Like, yeah, they've got it nailed. And I couldn't believe that. Like, why is this not just the standard? Because if they mm. did this, then everyone would get to ride all the rides and you never queue. And it costs like but eight dollars. Don't know if like that system would work if everyone did it. If yeah, maybe. everyone was on that system, because then you don't have those people waiting in line. I think the system works so well for the people who choose to do it because there's all those other people who were just like, fuck it, let's stand in a queue. Like, like, I don't actually know how, because they'd have to be like, even more on top of their shit than they already are. And they've got all the money to do it. They do, they do. If anyone can do it, it's them. If anyone can create like that perfectly efficient theme park at fucking Disney. Yeah. But, it was yeah. ridiculous. Like, I, I couldn't believe just how seamless everything was and i thought well this is what happens when billions of dollars are at stake this Mm. is how quickly and it's been seen throughout the pandemic of how quickly these massive companies have been out of like completely upend their entire way of working because they realize it's the only way for them to make money i told you didn't i that like at the moment at the time when lockdown first occurred i was still like working part-time at nando's and for the longest amount of time it's like no, everyone has to wait in a queue at the door. Everyone has to like go up and order themselves and go in. Um, like table service was not mm-hmm. an option. It's not efficient enough. Like people have to be around to like do it themselves in order for the the like fast food restaurant mix to mm-hmm. work. And then they were shut for like the two weeks at the start of lockdown before they could open up as like a, the takeaway service and then food service. And like it was like a month or so before they got everything digital and like table service working and people like just super efficient. And it was like, yep. yep, the moment you got told, oh, this way isn't allowed anymore. It's like, oh, we figured it out immediately. Yeah, it took us 30 seconds. But it's, uh, mm. that reminds me of a friend of mine, another friend of mine I managed to meet up with. Like we had a socially distanced walk in the park and he was yeah. telling me about uh, something that happened in Sheffield where I live, whereas we got um, uh, five guys like near Meadow yes. Hall or something like that, and they opened during the pandemic just for deliveries. 
So they opened for deliveries only, but they didn't have any sort of queuing system in place because it was just at that point in the pandemic where people had not quite figured that out yet. But they opened and said people can just order online. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where it was a... not Sorry, not order online. You go to the front of the restaurant and then you order from there. And then oh, you get right, put in, okay. you get given a ticket for a queue. And it got to the point where it was a three-hour wait time and people were still turning up. And yeah. I... He asked me the question that I'm going to ask you right now. Lucas, if you got there and you saw that it took you three hours to get a burger, would you not just drive home? Uh, yeah, or find somewhere else or anything but waiting three hours for a average burger. It's like that thing where it's like the Disneyland thing. Of like You get to a queue. It's like, it's, it looks like a good ride. It's a famous ride, but is it worth two hours of my time? When I could yeah, go, like, oh, Space Mountain's the shit, but is it worth a third of my day in the park? Yeah, and then you look at it and you go, for ten dollars, I could do what I did, and I rode like every ride in the park, including some of them multiple times, because it's like, oh yeah, mm. I can go ride Space Mountain again because I'm in a lull. Perfect, I'll go ride Space Mountain. Done. Because I can <laughs> yeah. get on in five minutes. And it's... and it's bizarre because, like, as well, you can, like, as I said, I've been to Disneyland a few times, and like specifically Paris, but. Mm. When you go there, like, you go, oh, right, well, I've kind of figured out that this is the time when every family goes for a meal. So all the, the ride times go from, like, an hour down to ten minutes. Yeah. And you go to just, there's that, like, hour, hour and a half where if you've got an early lunch or you get a late lunch after, yeah, you can go and just, like, smash all the rides because everyone's out in the... In the restaurants and stuff. But about that Five Guys thing, he told me like, it got worse because obviously people got mad. People got mad that they couldn't have their burgers. Mm -hmm. And like the fact they were, they were complaining when they were going up, getting told it's three hours to get a burger. They were waiting like an hour and a half and then complaining. Yeah, of course. And it's like... You, you knew. You, you literally agreed to this. But they started to try and kick the doors down. And the Fuck staff down. just left. And yeah, I was like, like, yeah, fuck it, done. Immediately. Like, the, the fact that they just left, I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. I would I mean, It's not worth my fucking life. In most job positions, I would walk out. Like, let alone a fucking a fast food restaurant like that. Like, you are getting paid minimum wage or close to minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Just, it's not worth it. No, and they all just left. It's not worth getting this shit beaten out of you for a minimum wage shift. For a burger, yeah. Mm. Or, like to, or to protect the, the, the business um, interests of someone who You've got can't. to protect those fresh potatoes at Five Guys, Carl. <laughs> Just, and that's the thing, is like, like, and everyone there just ruined it for themselves. Yeah. Just like, I just think, like, if you're going to wait, just go sit in your car. But he said, no, they were milling around outside the restaurant as if that's going to make it come faster. It's like you drove there and there's a massive, mm. just sit in your fucking car and listen to music. Or like, if it's to the point <laughs> where it's a three hour wait, just you go. Could probably go home for two hours and come back. Yeah. I like if you know it's going to be three hours, just drive somewhere else and come back. But like yeah. the fact they like tried to kick the door down and the entire staff just left and called the police. Mm -hmm. Also, to the guy in my chat who's been responding to himself the entire time, please stop doing that. <laughs> I've, all I can see is just one guy is responding to himself. Stop doing that. Also, a dude's like complaining about Nightbot. It's a fucking robot. Don't argue with it. I get so annoyed when people argue with Nightbot. It's a fucking robot programmed to detect spam. The last it, thing, isn't it? Is, yeah, we do keep an eye on chat. But just we we are trying to do a 
a audio podcast, so we try to avoid dealing with chat until the Q and A section. But that just cracks me up. How a someone will post like a string of let's say four emojis, get mm-hmm. timed out, and then they'll bitch about Nightbot timing them out. And it's like Lucas, if I said something four times, you could see that to be spam. So if I said something four times, would you consider? I was that waiting to be, for yeah. it. Yeah. If I said, something, like, yeah, it's, it's annoying, isn't it? You no, know, it doesn't add anything to the conversation. And I like fully no. agree with like the fucking robot that's programmed to detect it. Just sign it out. Just like no, sorry, not sign it. Just tune it out. Yeah. But I think it speaks to someone's personality where they see that and then get mad enough to complain. Like if it's like, oh, okay, well, you can't put that many emotes. It's like, all right, fair enough. I won't learn. But when someone okay. gets mad about it. And then actively yeah. tries to argue. It's like it's a fucking robot <laughs> programmed to do one thing. Don't argue with it. Also, I installed it on the chat and I programmed it. So effectively, you're arguing with me, which is never going to end well if it's my fucking stream. You're arguing with a robot that is blindly following Carl's rules. Therefore, you are not going to win. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. And it's as well, like the argument is, but I want to just post a series of emotes in a row it's like why what does that add? it adds mm. nothing to the conversation yeah totally. oh like speaking of adding nothing to the conversation of culture oh. lucas i'm going to send you an image right now uh, this okay. isn't like one of the things that i like to do is you can you know this and it's for the podcast i like to seek out hot takes oh i yeah, like I to get hot my take. hot fucking takes for the internet i'm going to send you one of the hottest takes i got and i'm going to send you an image okay. And okay. on um, Facebook Messenger, and I want you to just read on it Messenger. out for the people at home. It's funny when I click on our Discord, and obviously because we use it to record. Yes, it's just a string of sentences going. You called Carl. You Carl call- called you. <laughs> you called Carl. Uh, so just get the image and read it out. So it just it speaks to something, or it, it demonstrates something oh. I want to discuss. Um. So, is is this like a comment on like a YouTube thing? This is a thread on a forum okay. that I frequent to find really bad takes because right. there's a lot of them on the internet. Okay, so this thread is titled, Can this scene ever be topped? And then in parentheses, Justice League spoilers. So, and I don't want to talk about Justice League because I fucking Yeah, we're hate not going to spoil Justice League. I don't, I've not watched the, no. the new cut. I'm not paying, I'm not giving them any money to watch that. But I think this mm. speaks to a trending culture that I fucking adore and hate at the same time. And it is how binary everyone views media now. So to mm. clarify, the the thread title is, can this scene ever be topped? Parentheses, Justice League spoilers. And I click the thread and it is just a scene from the new Zack Snyder Justice League cut. Of course, yeah. And I watched it and like it's a, a fine scene, I guess. But... It's being put forward as a scene that not other action movies, not other superhero movies, not another movie released this year, not other movie released last, no, just any movie ever. Can it be topped ever, Lucas? And just the idea that someone watched that and went, this is the greatest cinematic achievement in history. Every other movie now has to compete with this is amazing to yeah. me. And um, it's similar to the one that went around Twitter a while ago of, um, was it when One Division was coming out or was that, sp- I don't know if it span off another one, um, but has any character suffered as much as Wanda from One Division? Yeah, and it just immediately, everyone just posts a picture of Guts from Berserk. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's just that hot take of like, oh, well, this new relevant thing. Has anyone ever, ever in any form of like media suffered as much as one day? The answer is probably. yes. There's probably yes. an anime where someone does. The answer is there's probably all... a few Greek plays yeah. that could fucking contend with that story. Yeah, and it's uh, like I said, it's just a great example. People look at media and they see, see it in such a binary way. And we talked about it last week on the podcast, like Balam Wonderworld, where every review for that game from a user is either a 10 or a 0. Yeah. Like, there's no in-between. There's no such thing anymore as like a 6 or 7 out of 10. Including the review that said, 10 out of 10. Now, this game isn't perfect, but... 10 out of 10. It's like, you gave it a perfect score. <laughs> and uh, I think me and you, we're big proponents of the 7 out of 10. Because we both have gaming channels, yes? Yours is Legend yep. of Kanto on YouTube. Mine's just Cal Smallwood. And um, we've played, like, a lot of games that I would contend are... They're not perfect, and they're not bad. Mm. They're just solid 6, 7 out of 10s. Maybe an 8 if you really, really like the genre. Like, I play yeah. Prototype, which I contend, like... I say in the playthrough. You know, it's it's a fine game, but it's mm. never going to be a 10 out of 10. It's nobody's favourite game. Yeah. Same thing with, like, Force Unleashed. Like, it's a fine game, I guess. It's, like, a good example of character action. It's by no means, like, the best. But it's still fun. Yeah. And then your channel, like we played like a couple of games, like one-offs and things like that. That mm-hmm. we'd like, you know, any games that like spring to mind that we've played that just like, you know, they're not the best game ever made, but you know, they're just they're per- perfectly acceptable to play. Yeah, like, um, you know, we've played things like uh, Cyber Shadow recently. Yeah. Um, that's that's a game where I was like, yeah, this game is fun. But like, I don't think it's phenomenal. I don't think it's bad. It's just, yeah, this is a nice, fun game and I'm interested in playing a bit more. Uh, I've been playing a bit more, a bit of Outriders, which we're going to play later. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, okay, I can see the flaws, but I can see the good parts as well. And like, yeah. I'm enjoying the good parts, getting a bit frustrated by the flaws, but it's still good enough to keep me going. Yeah, we played through like all of Borderlands 2 on stream. It's like, yeah, it's a, a fine game. It's by no means like not blow your socks off and incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's getting rarer and rarer at least um, like in the spaces where like you know we frequent like twitter yes. and forums and youtube as a whole it's really hard to find those nuanced takes because it's either the worst piece of shit to ever um, uh, <laughs> land in front of you or it's like absolutely the greatest thing ever and you can hear no wrong and i well, just that was um the the first couple of days of the Justice League coming out, that's yeah. all I saw. And then it slowly devolves into people who on on either end of like I've already made my decision about this movie mm-hmm. going in and going, It it was fine. Like yeah. it was better than the other Justice League. It was very indulgent of Zack Snyder to make it. Yeah. But it was alright. And it's like the first couple of days where you just see everybody has to have like the hottest take. Yeah, and it's and that's what led me to that. And I think that is just perf like perfectly encapsulates that feeling of can this ever be talked? It's like yes, it can, and it has been multiple times already. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just the last thing that you saw, so it's yeah. the, the thing you remember the most, and that is a very childish way of looking at media and examining media and thinking about media critically because that's literally mm. how children think, if not babies, because it's the only thing they see. I, I kind of understand, um, like talking about video games, where mm-hmm. that is a, a something that can be like, like meddled with, like you know, your input changes the game, and 
it create like over time it becomes technically better like but when it comes to like, a movie for example or a book like mm-hmm. you can have all the better technology in the world but that doesn't mean that you've shot something in a better way than something from 50 years ago yeah and um, i was just thinking about this because one of the things that i've noticed especially in regards to this conversation of, like best movie scenes the mm. thing that always it's always action scenes and i realized and i was thinking about, why is it always like film like scenes that contain action that people always say mm. is this the best scene of all time like you always like the the fight scenes in john wick for example got held up as like oh the fight scene in winter soldier like jokes oh, they're right. very well choreographed and a lot of st- and it's like oh wow is this one of the best shot action scenes or like one of the best shot scenes and I realise it's because the people having those arguments and conversations are fucking morons. And it's because <laughs> yeah. a lot of things happen in that scene, so it must be good. So mm. I thought, because me and you, I'm not a moron. I don't, you're okay. not a moron, are you, Lucas? Like, what's, uh, that's debatable. <laughs> but like, what do you think is one of the best scenes when nothing happens? Just like a scene that you think is really, really good, but not much happens in it. Hmm. And like I had a quick thing, so I've had like you know the benefit of like a couple of days to think about this. And what yes. I thought is like Jaws, which so okay. many scenes in that movie, there's actually nothing happening. Yeah, like, nothing's actually happening in that scene, like a lot of the movie, that movie. But just the way they're shot builds mm-hmm. so much tension. Yeah, like just the scene on the beach and that 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 Spielbergian like reverse shot as it zooms in on Roy Schneider's face, it's like, mm-hmm. it gets across. And obviously that's the cheating because something does happen in that scene, like a kid falls yeah, But yeah. so many scenes that we've like just them drinking and just mm-hmm. Quint telling a story about when he was eaten by sharks. And that's just three guys having a, ca- a chat. Yeah. And yeah. you are immediately drawn into what's happening there. Mm. And you feel like this, the same, like Roy Schneider, like just in that scene, like the fuck is that? And you think, is this guy crazy? Is he telling the truth? And then you look it yeah. up and you go, holy shit, that's a real story that actually happened when he's talking about people getting eaten by sharks. No. Yeah. And like, so in yeah. that and in that vein, like it's a scene where not much happens that you think really is good. Because like whenever you see people talk about this, it's always like someone mentioned in chat now, other scene in Kingsman. So yeah, it's a great scene, but the reason you're remembering that is because a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. And it's like something that's annoys me is like, especially uh, in specific regards to superhero movies, you always, uh, the, the hot take, not the hot take, but the, the take I hate is you're saying the best fight scene in a superhero movie is the fight on Titan or the endgame fight. Uh, Both of yeah. which are great, but the only reason people hold them up is because a lot of stuff happens. Mm. I still contend like the Winter Soldier fight scene uh, or the um, Spider-Man 2 train fight scene, I contend they're better just because there's more impact to them. Because like, it yeah, feels yeah. more personable and grounded than just a bunch of CGI nonsense happening on screen at the same time. Now, I'm trying to like think in my head while you're talking, mm-hmm. and I've not come up with like what I think is the best example, but I was like, what about like superhero films? So it's a bit more like in context with this okay. movie. Yeah, so a, like, su- trend at that. a great scene from a One... superhero movie where nothing happens or very little happens, and it's more just the tone. That's really good. One I was thinking of, and it's, you know, a pretty obvious film, is The Dark Knight and just the interrogation scene. Oh, yeah, incredible. Between, like, the Batman and the Joker. And it's the Joker just playing with the Batman. And, uh, yeah, a lot of things happen, but it is just two guys having a conversation. in a room together and having a conversation. Yeah. And it's, it speaks to the credit of, like, Heath Ledger's performance that you watch that scene 
and it is like any of those thousands of other interrogation scenes you've seen, like the classic one, like, you know, the, the suspect under hot lights. And it mm-hmm. speaks to the quality of Heath Ledger's acting that you forget you're watching a man dressed as a bat talk to a clown. <laughs> that, and I think the fact that you take that scene so seriously, when it is a man dressed like a bat, mm. interrogating a man in clown makeup, and you take it so seriously, speaks to how good their acting is in that yeah. scene. Can mm. you think about it like, if they were slightly worse actors, that scene would be hilarious. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. it's just like, you would not be able to take it seriously. Because it's Batman, It's a man dressed like a bat interrogating yeah, exactly. a clown. And just, yeah, that stands out to me. as like, yeah, I know there's, oh, Batman smashes his head in, he like beats him up a little bit. But the entire point is that that's what Joker's trying to get out of Batman. Yeah. Like he, he is trying to examine Batman while Batman is interrogating him. Yeah. And it's like, it turns out that, you know, the Joker's really the one who's interrogating him there. And at the same time, it's like, that's one of those films that I'm glad I managed to see in the cinema. Like, because I, oh, I, yeah. I think I saw it in IMAX. Mm-hmm. And it was in like that. And as well, that's what cracks me up when people are saying like that scene in Justice League, whatever scene it is. Like, you're holding that up again. Just if we're talking about superhero movies, are you really saying that's better than the opening bank heist of Dark Knight? Oh, like one yeah. of the strongest opening scenes in a superhero movie ever. Mm. So I don't think there's many superhero movies with a scene as an opening as strong as that. And again, like um, even the, not the opening, but like towards the end where, okay, the, the stakes are high, but not much happens with the two boats. Yeah. just those And t- it is essentially just a conversation, but it's so tense. And like you don't know what either side are gonna do, yep. and they don't know what either side is gonna do. Uh, there's so much tension. That's such a good scene, but again, the, it's not like there's superheroes flying about and kicking the shit out of each no, other. No, it's, it's two people having a conversation, and that's mm. great. It's so good. It's like one of the best parts of Avengers, like the Avengers movies as a whole, where they have like the round tables where they're all talking to each other. Like the best yeah. scene in any Avengers movie to me is in Ultron, where they have the house party. Just because you get all the neat character moments of all these superheroes True. and these characters that you've grown to like and spent years watching develop, just have a mm. conversation. And you get all of those like separate character moments where it's like the one that I always just love for some reason is the James Rhodes of like telling the story to the Avengers and they're all like, yeah, yeah, with and the then Avengers. just smash cut to him with like a bunch of random people and he's like and then boom they're like oh that's such a cool story and he's like yeah that's right yeah i'm war machine yeah i'm fucking doing it i'm not as good as iron man but i'm still here i'm still doing it and just like the obvious classic bit of that where Um, cap nearly uh moves mjolnir and just all like yeah and yeah that to me is just infinitely more memorable and enjoyable and a scene i'd watch more than the fight on Titan. Um, well, and that scene always reminds me of like the Mass Effect 3 DLC. The party. Uh, the party. Okay, the best bit the of DLC Citadel. in that entire game. Oh, there's no even and, the best moment in that game. The entire yeah, series. Yeah, and the thing is, there's so many good moments in those games and there's so, so wanna... many good like DLCs and things like yeah. that. So would you like to just describe that for people? Because like Mass Effect is a huge, like sprawling three game series where it's just the entire the fate of the entire universe is at stake and Mm -hmm. you like form like a motley crew of aliens and a robot and an ai inside a robot and you all to save the universe and the best thing in the entirety of that series 
is DLC where you throw a house party. Yeah, and it's just like I think it's right before your like final mission. The final, final mission, yes. It's just I tell you what, uh before we go basically all die, let's, let's throw a house party. Why the fuck not? And it's the best mission in that entire series. Because the entire thing is just spending a couple of hours having deep, interesting conversations with your entire squad where you see different squad mates interacting with each other which yes. you rarely get to see and it's the best part of it it's like uh, the best moments in the original mass effect is when you go on the elevators and which and every combination of party members that you can have will have different conversations at different points of a story based on what's happening and interact with each other and yeah because you could like for example have like garrus and um caden broing out on an elevator or having a discussion but then you throw like, ashley and rex in an elevator together they'll have an argument not going to go well. Yeah, yeah, they have an eye, and it's great. And those moments, I think they're, they're so much more memorable. They endear you so much to the characters, even though they're not as visually impressive. So, you know, in that vein, like, same thing in a video game. Like, any scenes from a video game where it's not, you know, bombastic, uh, like, screen annihilating action happening that you just, like, really fondly remember? Um, To me, mm-hmm. uh, like... One, not one moment, but just the experience of Breath of the Wild. Like, some of my favourite parts are just... I'm, <laughs> I'm just walking down a river and seeing what happens. Yeah. Like, it's up. just quiet. There's, like, a little bit of environmental noises, maybe a twinkle of piano here and there. And I'm just, like, strolling through this world and seeing where, what, where I end up and what I find. And I think that's the same with a lot of RPGs, where people start the best part of, like, the Fallout games. And Oblivion, like, while, like, you know, Oblivion and Skyrim, they kind of get a little bit maligned. And Oblivion mm. and Skyrim didn't handle it as well, but Oblivion did. Where you spend the entire game in a dungeon, and you have that first bit where you open up outside of the dungeon, and yeah. just the light is so bright, and your character can't see anything. Just and there's then, so much bloom, and it's like, ah. Yeah, it's like you're talking to like Patrick Stewart with like the volume, like with the brightness turned. It's ah, like, oh, I can't see anything. But then it fades, and then you just see this entire just just fucking just immaculate vista. It's like, oh, you can go anywhere. This and entire then arguably world. even a better version was Fallout 3. Yeah. Where you spend those couple of hours in that introductory vault and you spend so long in the vault that when you finally are like grown up and mm-hmm. you get out of the vault, it's like... It's overwhelming. Oh my God. The amount yeah. of freedom you have in that moment is so overwhelming. And mm. whilst like a lot has been written about the introduction to that game being overly convoluted and it's too handholdy, I feel it's... It, helps add to the strength and the impact of that moment when finally you can do what you want and it, it yeah. does feel overwhelming when it really just... does and i know most people will see the first thing in like they'll go forward and just go to megaton and yeah. that's what most people did but then like, on your second playthrough where you go what if it don't go to megaton straight away yeah but it's like that initial moment of just opening up the vault is i'd argue the most memorable part of the game and mm-hmm. nothing happens all you're doing is you're opening a door you are yeah. opening a door to the outside world, and that is more memorable to me than any action scene or set piece <laughs> in that entire game, including detonating a nuclear bomb. Yeah. And, like, there's, there's so many moments where... like Obviously not writing off action, but just the idea that the action scenes are the best because, look, action! Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, it's ridiculous to me. And there's been a bunch of it in like the chat as well, of people talking about their favourite scenes. And it's fair enough, like, your yeah. favourite scene is an action scene. But it's, I, I find it, it's, it's disheartening that when discussions of media and superhero media is like, you know, kind of what we interact with most, 
Um, at least at the moment, yes. yeah. At least online, it's always just comes down to like big bombastic action set pieces, and that's why I've kind of been enjoying stuff like One Division, and yeah, um, yeah, like to a lesser extent Falcon and Winter Soldier, which does have some action scenes in it, but it's like again, it's the character moments that I like. Yeah, like I found it way more interesting in episode two and three to see these characters interacting than I did, for example, the opening scene, which looked cool, but it was just. It was an action scene. Yeah, it's like you've, there's twenty other Marvel movies where I can see stuff like this. I want to mm. see, I want to see Sam Wilson try to argue with his bank about buying a boat. Yeah, yeah, I want to see more of that. And we saw, uh, like, not we saw, we spoke about this in the uh, One Division spoiler cast, and I'll try to stay as like spoiler free as possible for mm-hmm. people. But essentially, we didn't like the fact that it ended with a lot of action. Yeah, I didn't want action. I wanted a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I, I you, you get bits and pieces and I won't get into specifics but yeah the fact that we had a cool action bit at the end but all of us kind of went I didn't, we've already had that I didn't need that no I just wanted a com- I, I would have been perfectly happy if it was a conversation mm-hmm. but that's not what gets bums on seats it's not no it's like saying with course. like the Mandalorian which I know you're watching so I won't spoil it but I enjoyed that to clarify series. i've watched season one i've not watched season two so i i enjoyed that series more as it was just here is just random adventures in star yes. wars but the moment they introduced an overarching plot and they started to tie it to the mainline star wars kind of like i'm fucking done i'm, I'm just tapped out because i just I want think to I'm, s- i think i'm gonna know where like you're going because season two kind of immediately opened with that. i watched the first episode of season two mm-hmm. and was like right Okay, they're trying to tie this into a lot of more Star Wars, and they—that's obviously really what the fanboys want, like the rabid aspects of their fan base. And you know, that's not me, so that's not what mm. I enjoy. Same with, like the Marvel stuff, where I, I would just be—I I said like with Wonder Vision, I would have been happy to watch a fifty style show of just Vision and Wonder, just yeah. in a house, just talking because it's interesting, and I've never seen anything like it before, and I would. Like want to see what those characters can do in that thing, but that's not what's going to get people to subscribe to Disney Plus. If they had ten episodes of that, all the reviews mm. are going to be on Metacritic. Like critics will probably love it, but like the average viewers, like, well, nothing happens. It's boring. Yeah, it's like, and that uh, was kind of the the way with when they dropped the first two episodes of One Division. A lot of the critiques I heard from uh, just friends and family was that well, not much happened though. Like so, I much don't happens. really know what's going on, and not much happened. I was like, yeah, but they're building it up. It's like, yeah, but in these episodes, not much happened. And I'm like, that's the point. It's the setup. It's like, uh, have you ever, like, oh, if you want to feel depressed, go and look at like contemporary views of things like The Exorcist. Oh, and God. you've just got people say it's boring, nothing happens. It's like, great. Mm. Or Jaws, I even really Jaws. What, people like... say nothing happens in Jaws. It's like, that's the point. It's called tension yeah. building. I was going to say, I really want to get to that point where they go watch like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. And like, obviously Alfred Hitchcock is known for just tension. Mm-hmm. And are those kind of are like people now going to just be like, I don't, I don't understand at all. It's like the entire premise of movies that he makes are like, it's tense and you don't know what's about to happen. And you're like on the edge. But then I just imagine like in their heads, it's like, What's going on? Yeah, it's. Um, I think it's uh, Red Letter Media did a bit on when they're talking about the Blair Witch Project, where that started oh. basically. Like, there were earlier found footage movies before, but that really kickstarted the trend of found footage. 
And they mm-hmm. talk about yeah. how this would be one of the most depressing movies to try and screen to younger people today because th- nothing happens in that movie. And that's the point. The point is that it's left entirely to your imagination what actually is going on. Is it real? Did someone go crazy? People and just... running through a forest and like thinking there's things going on. Yeah, like, and it's, you're supposed to put yourself in their shoes and imagine, like, well, are they going crazy? Is there a witch that's hunting them? Is there a serial killer in the woods? Did they just go crazy and run out of food? Was this like, you know, was there an elaborate plan to murder someone and get it on film? And because it's, like, it's never established, it's like it's left entirely up to your own interpretation. That's what makes it scary. And so interesting to watch but because you don't have the jump scares or like the yeah. the scary long face man you know the scary long face ghost that you always see you know what i mean like you'd know it if i see oh, like, from my screen from screen no i mean like when you have those kind of movies you always have like someone will scream and their mouth oh, will go really right. long and it's really oh, gone right. yeah, yeah. and it's to the point where they made like a blair witch sequel recently and they include in, in that sequel they have footage from the original movie right at the end of the yeah. iconic shot at the end where it is the guy stood against the wall mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just the camera drops on the floor and in the original it's left up to your imagination like is that the serial killer because people don't remember Blair Witch Project they talk about a serial killer who would make people face against a wall as he murdered the other one like he'd kidnap people in groups mm-hmm. of two and make one face against the wall as he murdered the other one but also there's a legend of a witch and it's suggested that maybe a witch told him to do it or like possessed him or maybe he was just a crazy guy in the woods. Or maybe mm. it's all made up and nothing of the sort happened. And right at the end of yep. the film, you see him and he's stood against the wall and then it cuts and that's it. She drops the camera, she runs away, she panics and what happens next is entirely up to her imagination. In the sequel, they add like a adr fucking monster roar over the back of it it's like roar it's like oh for fuck you ruined the point of it it's a sequel to the original and you missed the point (sighs) of it that's really annoying and it retroactively ruins that first movie Mm -hmm. because the point was that nothing happened it's your like it's your up to you to decide if it's real or not or what happened no call scary monster scary monster and then it turns out it's fucking aliens it's like god damn it oh for fuck's sake (laughs) It's like, oh, it's so fucking stupid. I hate it so much. Oh, God. That's just awful. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about where it's, like, it's a great example because obviously Blair Witch Project out before uh, the, the original one you know, started this trend. And then the newest one is like now coming out after like you know two decades of horror movie evolving into the form it is now, which is yeah. just shit like paranormal activity where it's a jump mm. scare every 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's really... Not, not weird, but just interesting to see them side by side because they're ostensibly the same movie. It's the same plot, but to see how much it's progressing, how much extra bullshit they have to put in and the weird, just cheap jump scares that they have to put in because it's the only way to convince people that... otherwise it won't be successful with modern audiences. Because, and it's like, oh. because how a teenager is supposed to know it's scary unless there's a loud noise. Yeah. And it's weird to think that horror has regressed to the point that comedy used to be at 30 years ago. Well, I was just thinking then when you said that, it reminded me of how people have kind of stepped away from laugh tracks. Yes, because they find because them people cringy. don't like being told when they need to laugh and the awkward breaks and stuff in the uh, in the scenes just makes it harder to go back to things and watch. But... Yeah, and those shows have aged really poorly because they none of the comedy or the humour or the interactions feel natural. They feel forced mm-hmm. and they feel like just scripted, which they are, but more so when you've got a laugh track. 
Yeah. And it's weird that our comedy has progressed beyond that for the most part. And you have stuff like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which we always mention as being like, you know, it's a fantastic example of just like immaculately written comedy, like so tightly written. And it's so fast paced that you could never throw a laugh track in there. No, you couldn't, no. But you couldn't then, fit one in. But to think at the same time, horror has regressed. Mm-hmm. And now it's the point where you need to be told when to be scared in a horror movie. When previously it was just no scary stuff would happen and you'd just be scared because it's scary. And I well, think that's quite like interesting. When, um, that's interesting to I, me. I've spoken to you about like how I feel about horror games before and I've yes. always said I don't really like them, but I do enjoy that atmospheric horror because like, I enjoy you know, playing a couple of Resident Evil games and it's yes. the ones that try to stray away from fuck it jump scare. What's the one is and, it? Like, it's that I hate the ones that are just jump scares all the time. That's the thing, like you don't hate horror, you hate jump scares. And jump scares aren't mm. scary, they're just surprising. It's yeah. like doing that thing where people like just go, huh, in your face and you flinch. Mm. And you go, Oh, you flinch. Yeah, actually put the fist was flying towards my face. I'm not scared, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. just surprised. And that's different. Mm-hmm. But it's the same. And you know what? We're at an hour and a half mark now, so what I'm gonna do is I say nip that in the bud and we'll do Q and A now. I'm going to take a quick, yeah. I'm going to take a quick bathroom break on my end. So I guess the people watching this, you get to just have a blank screen of my Robocop poster uh, while people filter <laughs> in and ask questions while I nip to the bathroom. And presumably this will be cut for the audio listeners, yes? Uh, yeah, I'll cut it for the audio listeners. I'm just going to go to my break screen for a minute until you're back. Ah, all right then. So we got this. Eh, 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 eh. Right, so Lucas, you want to start with some questions from your chat? As per uh, usual. Yeah, so I don't really have any questions in my chat at the moment, but uh, on my Discord channel, yes. uh, you can get through my Patreon, I do have a couple of questions. Go there. for it. Uh, so somebody asks, here's a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're running a coffee shop bar or something like that. Yes. What is the theme and what is the signature drink? Um, video games. Easy peasy. Just do a video game mm-hmm. theme bar. I've talked before, like, a dream, a pipe dream at this point is to run a video game theme bar. And one yeah. of the many ideas I have is like do a fighting game night, but the twist is you can't play with a regular controller. You have to play with a Dance Dance Revolution controller or like the Resident Evil Chainsaw controller. And the more <laughs> yeah. stupid your controller is, the more life handicap your opponent has. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be like a uh, another idea, like Dance Dance Revolution maps to play games and stuff like that. So, question though, Carl, in that vein of like, if I did have a DDR mat to fight with yes. in Smash Bros, but you were using the chainsaw pad, what handicaps are we on? I don't know, I think that's pretty equal. Like, the thing is, it's going to be gentleman's rules. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, like, but you know someone will take it way too seriously, and that's what I'd be worried about. And they're like, a signature drink, presumably a fat fiend drink, just like, put some Midori in it, which is bright green. It's like presumably Midori and vodka with a bit of like Red Bull or something. There we go, the fact fiend. It's bright green, yeah. done. And in terms of theme of the bar, like, again, I'd just go for something gaming and probably Nintendo related. Uh, signature drink. I thought about a few different signature drinks. So I was like, could do something like rainbow themed to like be like the rainbow hair and stuff. The one that I ended up uh, mm-hmm. thinking about was I would make a drink called the Dark Pit. And it would be a giant fishbowl of just every single black liquid you can drink. <laughs> just all mixed into a bowl. And then on the menu, it would just say, nobody wants this. So you make it And up it would the... just, there we go. The ultimate dark pit dunk. 
get it in the bar. So you just right make now. it like um, the Chuck Norris in um, West Street Live, which is a bar in Sheffield, which I hope survives the pandemic. So I'd love to go there again. And they're just their gimmick is they have just sheets of paper, literally just sheets of paper they print off with like mm. um, uh, crappy low quality JPEGs and then just the names of drinks. And oh, they, okay. Yeah. And they buy everything cheap. They buy everything like that's about to go off. It's like, so you can walk in, it's like, oh yeah, like five Heinekens for like three quid. Because we got mm-hmm. like a crate of a thousand Heinekens and it'd be sold by tonight. Yeah. And it's just a good bar to go because they've always got new drinks on special, but we've got that. So I guess I'll scroll up in my chat. Dun, 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 dun. Someone asks here, um, what is your favorite brand slash pair of shoes? Adidas. Um, I just, uh, every year for Christmas, for about 10 years, my dad would buy me a pair of Adidas Sambas um, for Christmas. So, and then mm-hmm. it just became a thing where every year you buy me a new pair and it became like just sort of like a tradition. So I kind of, I just like those shoes. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, I mean, I'm, I've always been like a Converse slash Vans kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But money aside... Uh, I would probably own a shit ton more Doc Martens than I do because I only have the one pair. And they are. But they are way more expensive than, like, a pair of Vans. And they are as well of exceptionally high quality, I believe. I've not mm-hmm. worn a pair myself, but I've, I've heard people who have them, like, you can have, like, 10 or 15 years. They'll, they'll last you a lifetime if you look after them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty good. But I did ask shoes for myself. And then another question <laughs> from your chat, Lucas, or from your Discord, if you want to read them from there. Uh, yeah, I've got another one in my Discord here. Perfect. And I'll uh, have a quick through, check through chat in a minute as well. Uh, so, something I speak about every now and then, but like, what's your opinion on live service games, Destiny, Avengers, etc.? Is it something you usually avoid, or does it actually depend on things like the setting for you? Of course it does, yeah. I, I generally avoid them just because I don't like being told when to play games. And I don't have as much time as I'd like to play video games. So stuff like that just really, really just grinds me down. The idea that I have to play something every day. And the closest I ever got was Dragon Ball Z Dock and Battle, which is a gacha oh, okay. game. And the only reason I play that is I fucking love Dragon Ball. Yeah, I've never played any other gacha, but it's Dragon Ball, so I'm going to fucking play mm-hmm. it. And me and a friend of mine, we played that all the time. And then one day I got a new phone and I didn't get the transfer code before I uninstalled it from my old phone and realised I don't want to play this anymore because the yep. only thing that was keeping me playing it is the fact that I'd spent so long playing it is that sunk cost investment and that kind of like you know just um, scared not scared me off but made me not want to play those kind of games anymore because I realised the only thing that's keeping me on the hook is the fact that I've already spent a lot of time playing it and yeah didn't sit yep. right with me yeah and I, um, I'm kind of like have a similar opinion of like I don't like the fact that those games want so much time investment out of you and specifically want you coming back every day or every week or yeah, whatever it is um and it's a like i am a avid destiny 2 player and have been an avid destiny player in general since it released pretty much well that's a good and game I love the gameplay and i love like the world and the powers and everything about like what bungie have done apart from the fact they want so much of your time. And yeah. I'm always on that like roller coaster of in and out of destiny and like yeah, okay. I'm really into it at this moment, but I hate the fact that when I want to take a break for a month and go play other games that you kind of feel guilty that you're not checking in with it. Yeah. And I really don't like that aspect of it. So yeah, for me it's more I hate those games, 
but every now and then I will make an exception to get into one because of how much I love it. Yeah, it's got to have good gameplay to grab you. And at that point, if it's got good gameplay, you don't really need that live service aspect, but that's the way they make money now. That's a, exactly, yeah. That's a whole other kettle of fish. Okay, so from my chat, we have one here. We know that you have a substantial backlog of videos at hand. Have you ever released one early? And for what reasons? It happens all the time. They get released, um, generally, they just go when they get edited, but sometimes, um, like, just a topic will... Um, arise that'll be quite prescient like with the king kong godzilla release the movie that came out um, yeah. we recorded wiki weekends about king kong and a separate one about godzilla so we pushed those to be edited quicker and then once they've been edited and were in the archives we just made sure they got slid forward till the day the movie came out or the, around the days that the movie came out over here yeah i think there's still in the, in like the wiki folder a good you know six to ten videos that recorded before them that haven't been released yet but it makes a lot more sense to release those videos around the time of the movie coming out. Yeah, and it's just a simple matter of economics. It's like more people are searching this topic and it's more pressing to talk about now. It's still going to be evergreen. It's still going to be, um, uh, hopefully, people are going to want to watch it after that point, but the best time to release it is around the time that everyone's talking about this subject. Yeah, exactly. As you say, just more people are Googling the movie and the characters at the moment. So you might as well get that nice boost at the start, but it's not as if we make any sort of um, like change to the format to make it just about that movie. It's, as you say, still evergreen. Yeah. Uh, video production is a lot more boring than you, antici than you anticipate. And um, mm -hmm. I'm sure this is not what you're asking, but it does. Uh, it's uh, just give me a chance. Oh, it's a good jumping off point to talk about the idea that there is this constant pervasive idea with a small um, uh, subsection of fans that there is always like drama happening behind the scenes or that every decision yeah. just there's got to be some like nefarious reasoning for it and most of the time it's just we change our mind like when a video gets taken down there's like yeah. I, we will inevitably get emails or messages and like oh my god what's happening with this was there, like you know copyright strike like, not that's copyright that's like usually what the explanation is but some nefarious other thing that's kind of happened, or it's like, is the channel falling apart behind? It's like, no, it's you know just for a boring reason. Like we wanted to change it, or it's like the one where it was a was it the sheep video? Yeah, yeah. Sponsored by John, where that video went up for about an hour and then got taken down, mm -hmm. and we were getting a shit ton of messages from people like theorizing and being all conspiratorial. But what happened? What happened? Why has this video been taken down? Why has this video been taken down? It's like, well, the the sponsor asked me to take it down and put it up on another day. Yeah. Like, there's really not an interesting explanation, so there's no I point giving an explanation. I think there was one, like, not too much longer after that, where it was, oh, like, the um, one video had the wrong, like, title and thumbnail. So it was like, right, okay, so that there's a video up for today, just quickly take that down and put a, a one that's got the correct everything on it. Yeah. Just put a different one up. Therefore, people aren't losing out on a video while that gets changed. Yeah, and the amount of people when that video inevitably went up were going, oh, I find I saw this video when it went up beforehand, before it got taken down. It's like, there's no... It, it's just, we made a mistake and we fixed it. We're really sorry. <laughs> it's like, and in the same vein, something else I want to talk about, because this pisses me off. And I can hopefully I can explain it at least to like, you know, the people who are listening to this. Um mm. One of the most infuriating comments that I see on videos is when a video goes live, it's been live for like 30 seconds, and you'll get just a series of comments, huh, zero views, um, four comments, good going YouTube. It's like, yeah, that's what happens when like 400 people click on something at the exact same time. 
mm-hmm. and that's because the YouTube numbers behind the screen have not caught up with it yet. But it's yeah, always framed by like YouTube shit. Oh, YouTube shit the bed. It says there's like zero views but eight comments and 19 likes. Yeah, because like oh, 400 people clicked on it, second one. Mm-hmm. And it's taking all that time and it's happening live in the background right now. And it's one of those things of, I think the counters are more accurate for like comments and likes because there's less of them. Yes. Whereas the view count is always quite delayed because, as you say, there's hundreds or thousands of people clicking on that video and the, the, it's constantly trying to catch up with thousands of numbers rather than like 20 people coming in, 50 people coming in, whatever it is. But then every single time, there's always like 10 or 12 comments of people commenting on the fact that, oh, wow, YouTube's got the numbers wrong. It's like, for fuck's sake. It just, things take a little while to update. And it's one of those things where, you know, we're streaming on Twitch at the moment. Uh, You see so many Twitch streamers that aren't successful who are like sitting there at zero viewers waiting for the view count to go up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're sitting in silence, by the time that number has updated to tell you you've got a viewer and you start talking, that viewer they've will... already left because you're not talking. Yeah. Like, it takes a couple of minutes for it to catch up with itself. Yeah, it, it fluctuates um, wildly. Mm. And it's not a number that's worth paying attention to for the most part, to the point where I think you just turn yours off, don't you? Because it's not helpful. Yeah, I've, I've just got mine hidden because I, as soon as I would start seeing dips, I'd start getting into my own head of like, Oh, why is this stream not doing well and blah blah blah? I, so, like, let's stop focusing about that. Let's just keep going because that's what you're meant to do on Twitch. But there's so much emphasis placed on it, and then just when it comes to like videos being taken down or just like you no know, YouTube like shenanigans, th- there's always a very boring explanation for what's happening. But people don't want to buy that boring explanation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like yeah. I say, any more questions from your Discord or your chat? That was one from my yeah, sure. Yours. Um... Someone says, with the success of like Witchery and Castlevania, is there any game series you'd be excited to see interpreted into a TV series? Um, Mass they Effect. Say they'd like Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, but... Uh, Mass Effect. Anything for you? Mass Effect. But oh, okay. it would just be on the Citadel. And it'd be mm. just in a bar. And it'd just be alien races from Mass Effect having a chat. That wouldn't be bad. But it's not going to be that if they ever made one. It's, it's not. Go- it's going to be an action show, and that's not mm-hmm. what I want. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Um, again, like probably because I'm watching at the moment, wouldn't mind something a bit more Mandalorian style, where it is a small focus story, like Red Dead. in the Mass Effect universe, rather than here's Star Wars. It's like here's something a bit more focused within a Mass Effect universe. But it's never going to be that if it's going to be successful. It's never going to be that. They'd want to make the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, everyone wants to be the next big thing, and it's a shame because I just want... Sometimes you just want something small, scale, and um, mm. uh, like comfortable. And generally speaking, you can only afford to get those smaller things when you are as successful as Star Wars in the MCU, and they've built you up over however many years it is. Mm-hmm. They've already got you invested at that point. Yeah, and let's have a look what else we've got. So I'll keep, I'll check mine. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, so and personally, by the way, uh, like I, I really don't know. Uh, I don't really have an answer. So yeah. For what's that? Sorry. Like, but I, uh, for like a uh, one that I would pick. Like, I'm not really bothered about seeing games turned into TV shows and movies and stuff because I love like interacting with games. I don't yeah. like games being taken away from me like that's why i never really vibe with video game movies and 
rarely check them out at this point because it's like the whole reason I like them is because I'm the one interacting with those games. The only games where I'd actually want to see something like that is because I like the universe and I'd want to mm-hmm. see more exploration of the universe, but that's not what a theoretical show is going to be like. It's the Witcher, for example, they're never going to make a show that's just set in the Witcher universe. It's going to be about Geralt. Oh, yeah. And I can get to play Geralt's story, so I don't really give a fuck. Like, Gears of War. I'd love to see, like, you know, a, a show about Gears of War to the government. Like, how the fuck does the government operate in a world like that? But it's not. It's going to be fucking Marcus Phoenix, isn't it? It's like I've already seen his story. I've played it. So I know mm. what it is. And it's like, uh, yeah. Is that The Last of Us um, TV show? TV show, is it? I couldn't remember whether TV show or movie. But it's like, oh, yeah, the first one's going to be The Last of Us 1. So it's like, but I've already played that. But. I, I, that story's already been told to me. Yeah. Do something new and exciting. Like set something in that universe and have a Joel cameo done. Or just like, even if it is, tell us a story between the two games that we don't know. Yeah. I want to see a story that, but that's not what gamers want. They want to see the same story they've already seen again. That's mm-hmm. why like fucking people like Star Wars or the new Star Wars stuff, they want to see the same story told to them again. And they want to see Luke Skywalker show up in the 80th product. Of course yeah. they do, yes. But uh, we have another one here. So someone asks, quite simply, how much would it take for me to sell out? Enough where I wouldn't need to worry again. Which no, <laughs> yeah. which no one's offered me again. Fair. It's like they say every man has his price. And my price is not, you know, a sm- like amount of money that I can live on for a couple of months. Because what am mm-hmm. I going to do after that few months is up? So... Fair. The cost it would take for me to sell out is enough money to never have to worry about money again, which is more money than anyone's offered me so far. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not gonna sell out for any less than enough where I can no long I no longer need to do like anything like this, where I have to like yeah. you know, deal with the consequences of doing that. That's fair. That's so, fair. If I'm able to just step away from YouTube and creating content as a whole, I don't give a fuck anymore. Because I, yeah. and that's one <laughs> yeah. of the things that always baffles me about like multi millionaires. People who are already rich, but then they still do this. So just walk away. You do. Well, it's like when um, Ninja reportedly got like a hundred million for going over to Mixer or whatever it was. Millions upon millions upon millions, like enough for him to live forever, mm-hmm. very very nicely. And then within like a month, was like, uh, yeah, I'm going back to Twitch when it shut down. And he still like trolls like- people. And rages at people on like video games when he loses. It's like, why do you give a fuck? It doesn't matter yeah, if you win or I lose. Was, I was baffled. I was like, you've got more money than you could ever want at this point. Like, seemingly more money than you could do anything with at this point. Yeah, more and money than no any choices human. to go back to exactly what you were doing before. It's like Ricky Gervais, like multi multi millionaire. And he name searches himself on Twitter to argue with people who say he's not funny, <laughs> to tell them that I'm rich. It's like, well, if you're rich, go fucking do something with it then. Yeah. Can't imagine any existence sadder than that. Like you've got more money than most people could ever spend in a lifetime, and you're still just yeah. That's sick thing is, getting if, angry. if like I'd got a hundred million dollars in, I you'd never see me again. Ninjas, like you'd never see me on the internet ever again. Why the fuck would I be on the internet? I'm on it to earn money. No. It's like, only <laughs> time I'd ever be going on the internet is would to, be to like play games with my mates online or, and never talk to anyone else. Or to Amazon Prime more fucking shit to my house. <laughs> yeah. that's all it'd be no I'd want to like Amazon Prime myself to the warehouse with a jet hell yeah Buy it and all. just be like give me it G- give me whatever the fuck I want that that concept baffles me and you mm. can only imagine there's like a sense of narcissism there where they like to see the number go up there must be a certain sense of just like the, uh, an indescribable high 
to being like the most subscribed to person on Twitch or something like that, or seeing like headlines saying yeah. like you have you earn fifty million dollars in a day or something stupid. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I can't imagine that why if I was in that situation where I could do anything, I choose to spend it doing this. As much fun as this is, if I but had that's the like, thing is, like this money, is this is the most enjoyable uh, like position I've been in in terms of like my job and my career. Uh, but if someone was to offer me more money than I will ever need ever again, yeah, I would never work another day in my life. Yeah, because the guy in chat here, yeah, so you get no enjoyment out of your work. So I, I do get enjoyment out of my work, but if I had life-changing money, I would be doing stuff that I find more enjoyable than this, such as not working. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's the thing is, regardless of how enjoyable your job is, it's still a job, so not doing that job, I could find things that are even more enjoyable. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure there is nobody on this planet who was, like, asked, if you were given, like, infinite money effectively, would you go onto the internet and play games that made you angry? It's like, no, you fucking wouldn't. You'd sit in your giant fucking palatial mansion and have your friends over for a massive party. Yeah. I'd be, like, fucking Disney World every other week. Yeah, it's like, if you were that fucking rich like why would you do anything that made you stress when you have the money to alleviate all issues and possible Mm. problems in your life yeah totally and that's a a weird trend whenever we talk about stuff like this of like oh if like we often get asked so if we had the money to like walk away from youtube or oh if we ever left youtube or quit would we still make videos for fun it's like no because i presumably at that point still need to earn money doing something else and i wouldn't have the time Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that is the thing, isn't it? Of like, again, this is the most enjoyable way I've ever earned money, but it's still a job. Yes, like I can do this and find it like relatively enjoyable, and you know, thankfully earn money off it. But like, just being able to do whatever the fuck I want whenever I want and never have to worry about the money would be even more enjoyable. Exactly. Yes. So, any last questions in yours, Lucas? Uh, nothing that's sticking out to me. And nothing left in your Discord, so we cleared that out, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hell fucking yes. Uh, well, actually, we've got one final question here. Um, someone, someone's asked, what is the value of something if there's no work involved, including happiness? Um, say that to a poor person. I, I hate that trend of like, oh, is it really happiness if you didn't? It's like, fuck off. Try cleaning yeah. toilets for a living like I did and tell me that not working is fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> the only time you ever hear this people have already got money fuck you oh yeah it's like, it's like money can't buy happiness try it so yeah. like do you know what I bet it can I bet it fucking can like try being a multi-billionaire for a few weeks yeah it's like, like it's that old one I think it's like a fucking Del Boy puts like oh money can't buy happiness but yeah but it sure kick, it sure takes the sting out of being poor yeah. Do we have a question here? How does it feel being one of the only group of people on YouTube actually feel like real people and not characters? Um, I don't feel like I'm not a character because like these streams um, themselves prove that. Every, mm-hmm. every time we stream, we'll have people coming in and just quoting things from my videos. Like, I'm usually the same three or four things, like maybe as Vampire or mentioning mm. Doggo Force or something like that. So there are people who look at me like a character or I get asked like, oh, Carl, where's your drink today? As if in their head all i do is just sit and drink 
Or where's the yeah. green screen? Because they're in their head. All I do is sit in front of a green screen. You live in front of a green screen. Yeah, and like while it's largely said in jest, there are people who like just have this very limited view of what my personality is. They don't see me as a rounded person. They do see me as a character. Yeah, and I, I also watch plenty of other people on YouTube or on Twitch that I do think are just genuine people. Mm-hmm. I would definitely not say that we are the only ones. No, there's plenty or of... Or even, even close to one of the only ones. No, and I'd argue that like we're more... Like, we are all heightened versions of ourselves, or me especially is, um, in the Fact Fiend stuff, because I have to be, mm-hmm. you know, for entertainment value. Yeah, like, when I sit there and play Destiny of a Night on my own off-stream, I'm not constantly talking. Uh, I, I, I'm not trying to constantly engage with people and stuff. I'm just turning off and going into zombie mode. That's the thing, I am. I'm like that. Like, my girlfriend hates it, because I'm playing Monster Hunter recently, and I went playing Monster Hunter, and I'm, like, kicking the shit out of Monster Hunter. I fucking bring it, come on. You think you can have me? Yeah, but like, I, I'm I not like having full discussions. Oh, I get, yeah, like, a discussion. more words or talk to Jenna if she's awake and I'm playing in the same room as her and stuff, but I, I wouldn't sit there on my own. Like, when Jenna goes to bed, I play a lot of games on my own, and I'm not sitting there, like, constantly having any, like, outer dialogue with myself. No, but I do offer a run and commentary when I'm playing video games. So me playing video <laughs> games, actually, on, on stream is quite realistic to what I'd be like when I'm playing video games. So I'd argue that's like the closest you get to seeing me as a person, whereas like Fact Fiend is just an exaggerated version of my own personality. Edited down. That's the important yeah. thing. People don't realize like, it's edited to be funny. Because we've had that on like streams and stuff, haven't we? Like, oh, um, you're not saying anything funny. It's like, well, not everything I say has to be funny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want to get information across to another person. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I feel I am a, a, a character and I get treated like one of the people that like, you know, refer to me as one and that's perfectly acceptable because you know they're only getting a like a very slim snapshot into what my life is like yeah totally and even you know but when we do a six hour stream one night or whatever it is like when we do a longer stream you're still only seeing six hours of my day out of my life out, yeah. you know and again we are there to try and be engaging and try to as you say, be ourselves, but be a little bit of a heightened version of ourselves. Yeah, and that primary purpose in our voice, like we, to be entertaining. Right. And we try. Yeah, that's like our primary job is being entertainers. As like mm-hmm. up my own ass as that sounds, but yeah, like thanks everyone for tuning in, um, Lucas. Before we go, anything you'd like to plug for the lovely people in chat and for the people listening at home? Yeah, I will do my usual little plug of I do gaming things on Twitch here and over on YouTube. And it's just Legend of Kanto. Hell fucking yeah. yes. And then for me, it's just Google Cal Smallwood. You'll find me. I'm there somewhere, buried in those search <laughs> results. And then, yeah. Cheers, everyone.